Thanks for finding Organic Matters as usual. Appreciate it. It's uh, been a, a longer, slower winter, but each month now I'm beginning to head the other direction, which is good. I'm going to do something a little different again. I always say that, and then I guess I don't get any bad complaints. I've, I've, I'm very pro EV for the health of the planet, for the health of us, many electronic vehicles. I know it's going to be another 10, 15, 20 years. But if we can just change our car culture, uh, not only will it benefit the environment, it'll benefit our health and the health of the plants and animals. The, the amount of uh, carbon put in is, uh, with the way we use vehicles is, I don't know, 20, 30% of the battle that we have to fight. So anyway, we need to rethink America's love affair with the automobile and kind of redesign actually cities and the way we lived to reduce the overall pollution and to reduce the amount of miles we have to drive. We're unusual in the, in the world uh, on the miles the average person drives, even considering Europe and Japan and especially places that are really conservative like the Netherlands. Uh, we're we're spending four times as much behind the wheel as most of those people are. I've been looking at this for a while now, so I'll let you know. A lot of my information uh, uh, that I'm, you're going to get, and uh, some, not some, a good amount from what my personal feelings are after looking into it, but a lot of the information that has the facts in it, I found actually in an article in Scientific American. I don't know how much I'm allowed to quote or not quote without making them unhappy with me, but I don't care because I looked into that. And since I don't get paid and I don't make any money, uh, they can uh, sue me for 10 times what I made. So I'm not going to worry about that. But it is great information, so I want to give them credit for that. But, yeah, I don't know how that works, and I, I can meld it down as much as I possibly can. But it's still, a lot of the information came from them, and I just want you that listen to me to know that. To start with, I follow an anthropologist guy, scientist. I've known about him for years. I occasionally see his articles. His name's Daniel Miller, so give him credit too. And he brought up an interesting way to look at things. He observed that an alien visiting Earth might well suppose that four-wheeled creatures run the entire planet. These rulers, he notes, are served by a host of slaves who walk on legs and spend their whole lives serving them. I like it. He meant this as a joke, of course, but the punchline comes at the expense of American car culture. In the United States, the cost of car dependency keeps growing, far above the 12000 per year average expense of owning one, interestingly enough. Part of my interest in the reason I'm doing this article is Coast to coast, cars and trucks that we drive cause at least 16% of all greenhouse gas emissions. That's enough that we might want to take a look at it, that we're going to take a look at it. They cause significant air pollution, worsening asthma and heart disease rates can contribute to a nationwide epidemic of obesity. Think about it. We're not walking anywhere. About 69% of car trips in the United States are only two to three miles or less. 69%. Get a bike. Take a walk. Motor vehicle collisions are a leading cause of death for babies up to the age of about 44. The most bitter part of this mayhem mess accompanying some 6 million reported accidents a year. And a figure I found, I think it's Scientific American, that surprised me. Since 2010, the number of pedestrians 
killed by cars has increased, listen to this, by 77%. The latest numbers, 2021, 2022, uh, 7,500 people got ran over by a car and killed this year in the United States. So kind of my take on the uh, what we call America's car culture. That's what this thing's about. And it's glamorized in advertisements, uh, enforced by zoning laws, enabled by taxpayer subsidies to make it easier than ever, and is a choice that now comes to me at too high of a cost, both for ourselves and for me, more importantly, if you've followed me for 20 years, the environment. After a century of its central place in our lives, we all need, as, as, a, as a living entity, to rethink our world into one not hitched to an automobile. Not to get too, too weird, <laughs> but think about this. Automobile first, ideals that dominate us here in the United States. Our countryside is carved up by superhighways connecting bedroom suburbs with sprawling cities, with far too many nowherevilles surrounded by parking lots and strip malls, all actually built to serve, strangely it sounds, the sacred automobile. Atop former towns and neighborhoods, broad avenues are lined with drive-through hamburger stands and banks. We produced a country where the car is the only way to get around, and it's not only in rural places. The reliance spawns on an ever more disconnecting nation of drivers in essence, the car is promising them freedom, but actually trapping the drivers into inhabiting their cars for basically, except for working and being home, their car is it. Interestingly, as bad as COVID was, it, it showed a, gave us a new idea about how we can live. Places like New York City, and another one that is interesting to me is Cleveland, Ohio. They changed their whole attitude. For instance, in Cleveland, uh, they revived the public square and turned hundreds and hundreds of office spaces into apartments and suburbs, retrofitting themselves for walking and living locally. This trend accompanies moves across the country to build more bike lanes, and you're talking to a real bike enthusiast here, rode uh, nine miles yesterday and seven miles today just to get around. And another positive, although some people are going to disagree, is it turned toward online shopping and home delivery. And that has lessened the need for a second car to a number of families. Double car garages and massive parking lots are no, not near as necessary as they were four or five years ago. And interestingly, the cell phone has begun replacing the driver's license. <laughs> you can do more on your phone now than you can do in a car. But if you look around, really folks, there's a lot of way to solve these problems. Solutions are obvious and right really in front of us, ranging from, of course, sidewalks to subways, but they face one inevitable obstruction, and that's still people that want what we call, I call it the highway fund lobby. They want to build more highways, they want to have more cars, as well as politicians and talking heads spouting nonsense about better lives somehow being un-American. Otherwise, why, why would we want to make it... Uh, Again, I guess the words I've been a few times there, more like Europe, where you can get around a lot of the time without the necessity of a, of a car underneath you. The good news is here in the country even now, voters are outnumbering 
the, the political mouths, and they're telling us they want less car-dependent lives. A few thoughts on some ideas. We can start by reforming zoning laws to eliminate low-density and single-family residential home restrictions, and especially in the new developments, and to add flexibility for stores and enough homes to support them in that area without having to leave where you are. Of course, sidewalks and bike trails should receive the same priority to me, or maybe a better one, as roads in our cities and enclosed in suburbs instead of being afterthoughts, which is how they're treated now. Unreasonable demands by mayors and employees of the city that masses get back behind the wheel and return to their offices, where incidentally, facts are starting to show, in fact, they're less productive at the office than they are at home in many cases. As of 2021-2022 area of time, the average American commute is nearly 28 minutes, basically, of, comp of uncompensated labor both ways. Let's make our cities less car dependent instead. In the big picture, if we want to think more ambitiously, we could start by providing discounts to bicyclists who take the train, free taxis to twice a week commuters, incentives for e-bikes and other bikes with financial brakes to kind of oversee the second cars and the congestion that they cause. While we're at it, the EPA should end its designation of SUVs, minivans, and vans as trucks. They can be less fuel efficient. See, they don't have to be as efficient if you call it a truck. I mean, that's, it's frankly a cynical result of auto industry lobbying that crowds more efficient cars out of the dealerships. So more trucks are sold than ever, most of which most of these people don't even need. Behind plans like New York's congestion pricing is another reality. Car parking is too cheap across much of the country, where variable on-street parking pricing can reset plans for hopping in cars during peak periods to take the subway or the bus instead. Here in America, where advertising really does matter, public service announcements should make a case for ditching the car keys but with good positive messages. You know, not things like no ridiculous car trips, which was exhorted in one campaign uh, that I actually heard in Sweden. They actually told them, hey, this is dumb. We don't, we're not gonna approach it that way. Appealing to common sense and community spirit. Again, bikes are awarded to people with the most short car commutes in Sweden, for instance. They give them bicycles so they can start pedaling to work. Commercials should extol bikes, short distances, and walking, and note the time saved on public transport spent reading or answering emails instead of time spent clutching the wheel and worrying about a fender bender. I've done that. I have lived in areas many, many years back when I was a, a working man where I took buses many times during the day in the mornings and evenings to get, and it was kind of relaxing. You take your morning newspaper with you, you got a cup of coffee. Uh, it, it really isn't a bad way to travel. Another incentive I've thought of is the less you drive, the less your insurance costs. I think some of that is catching up. For some of us, I may not drive five miles a day, five out of six days of the week. That should pay me back 
trying to keep me out of the car, I guess is what I'm saying. And in my case, I do ride a bike and I love it when the weather's good. I am kind of a chicken when it's cold, but at, at my age, I give myself a break. What we really need is a call nationwide to end our car-centric lifestyle and stand on our own two feet or better, two pedals in my case. Otherwise, uh, at the beginning of the story, I told you I stole an idea about one of the, uh, the uh, professors that said that the uh, aliens came down, they'd think that four-wheeled vehicles were what ran the country and the world, and we just worked for them. And it is kind of the way that looks. We can change that, folks. It will just take a little bit of time. It's not going to change, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's like everything. It has to evolve. We just can't force it. You know, it's been kind of a different thing, but I've just been thinking about it. A few things happened in my life, an odd trip I have had to make in a car in New Mexico last week and things, and just came to the realization we are so, so dependent. It's, it's like a horse dependent on its owner, except we're the horse. I mean, we, we are just married to this entire situation. The only way we can change it is take the time to change it. Thanks for listening to Organic Matters.